Hello, 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 and welcome to this podcast. Right, we've got plenty to pack in today. Um, and I might as well start off with uh, some of the changes that have been going on with my websites. We'll start off with a bit of housekeeping. Um, the Darker Skies website has changed from a darker theme through to a nice new lighter theme i think it looks a lot better the main reason why i wanted to change it was because of the sidebar the sidebar wasn't wide enough it was very narrow uh and being as an awful lot of things going on i wanted to show uh other posts off and i've added the new um twitter widget because the twitter api is changing so if you are using the old twitter widget on your website it won't work after the 11th of june they keep on moving the date back um i don't think it'll move again they might do they might they might decide to give a little bit more time but this has been coming down the line for quite a long period and i just got all of my uh, widgets changed for twitter i do like twitter but i'm having a break from it at the moment i uh I do find it you can get information overload. Uh so I'm having I'm having a bit of a, a rest from it and quite honestly I'm actually enjoying it. Um there's still things being posted on there, blog posts and there's a photography news daily still going on there, but I'm not actually retweeting anything or putting any posts on there. At the moment I'm also using um app.net which is a paid service but you can get it uh, where you where you can join for free at the moment. Um, it's what they call uh, app.net passport, and you just uh, download one of the apps, and you can uh, if you use the app.net passport app, you can get an invite and get on there. And it's a bit of a different sort of atmosphere to Twitter. There's not as many people on there, but it's gradually building up. And it's um it's improving. I I rather like it. I'm going to use it quite often. The great thing is, is you can use 256 um, letters to make up a post. So you've got plenty of room to explain things rather than with a tweet where it's it's a bit limiting. But anyway, um, the Twitter went and also Instagram is on the sidebar now. The dark sky thing. There's still a bit of twiddling to do with the the site, but generally I think it looks a lot better. It's a lot more inviting. Um, there was also one or two tweaks to the main website and to the other blog, but nothing really particularly serious. Flickr also had a bit of an upgrade. Now this has been a bit of a contentious issue. It's divided photographers. Um, from what I can see, over the past uh, two weeks, three weeks, is it, since it was done. Basically, what they've decided to do is go high definition. They've uh, given everybody one terabyte. Yes, that's correct. One terabyte of photography storage. You can also store video on there as well, which might be um, quite handy for a lot of people. And they have a nice little... um, they have a nice little sort of um, application that shows you exactly how many images you can store on Flickr. It's a little slide bar thing uh, with the different megapixels marked out. So, for instance, 6.5 megapixels, you can store 537,731 images on Flickr uh, using their 
terabytes, one terabyte storage now. And if you move the counter up, which I'm doing now, and I've moved it up to 16 megapixels, you can store 218,453 photos. So really, your photography storage is is sorted now. What I can't really work out about this new upgrade is, is how it's going to make Yahoo money. Yahoo went and bought Flickr back in 2004, I think it was. Um, and they didn't really... They, sort of messed around with it slightly but they didn't really um do that much with it I and mean, this is a very very big change for a lot of people hence the reason why some people are loving it some people um absolutely hate it i actually quite like it um in fact i like it so much uh in one respect i wanted to get a few of my images for my facebook page uh for the um that the header image at the top I can't remember what they uh, they call it in facebook language um they they don't refer to it as a header image but anyway it's it's like the top image on your your facebook page and i used um well quite simply what was just a screenshot of my flickr my new flickr page now um and it worked perfectly. It looks it looks great. It has about six images on us on the screen. You can just mess around with it. So if you if you're looking for an easy way to create a um an instant header image of your photos, then maybe having a go with uh, Flickr might be a good idea. The fact that it's free complicates matters slightly. Because I can't actually see a reason for spending $50 to upgrade just to lose adverts. Um, I would say, uh, if anybody asks me, I would say choose... If, you, if you're not already paying for, for the, the, the pro subscription like I am, um, I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm going to be able to get a lot of the... Uh, rid of the, the adverts and one or two other benefits if you want to call them that um for just $24 $25 a year whereas uh, the price now is $50 and you just get rid of the adverts what i would say to anybody who is thinking about joining flickr is just get the free account you very rarely see uh the images uh, the the adverts sorry um the adverts are not intrusive and quite honestly, I don't really see what you'd get for fifty dollars. You might as well put that fifty dollars towards opening a uh, an account at five hundred uh, px pixel, whatever they call themselves, um, or put it towards your website, or go out and buy some film with it, or just do something else with it. But just don't bother giving it to Flickr because I don't really see what the point of spending $50 just to get rid of adverts is. $50 is an awful lot of money, especially to people in our game. Um, it's not always easy to come across. And for artists, you know, um, it's a great way of showing your work. It's a great way of storing images. Um, and the storage is already there. A terabyte, I very much doubt that most photographers will ever use a terabyte of storage in their lifetime unless they are shooting stupidly large uh, images. If you're 
shooting on a digital um, Hasselblad, something like that, possibly. But other than that, I don't really see that it's going to be very much of a problem storage-wise because you are going to... They're, they're just going to increase it, aren't they? And in five years' time, they're probably going to up it to two terabytes. Um, they're probably going to up it to, you know, to ten, something stupid like that. They're going to continually move the the boundaries. So Flickr, it's an interesting one. Design, I don't mind... The thing that I can't work out is how they're going to make money from it. And that's the important thing, because the other thing that Yahoo did this month, or last month, I should say, was they went and bought Tumblr. Now, I absolutely love Tumblr for discovering new photography. There's plenty of great uh, Tumblr blogs on there by various different photographers and photography organisations. It's a brilliant way of finding images. It's quite a good way of sharing your own images as well. Um... Yahoo have gone and bought it. They upset quite a lot of people. Uh, there was quite a few people who decided that they were going to jump ship with their Tumblr blog and export it somewhere else. Uh, WordPress especially um, had a bit of a uh, boom period for people importing to um, their WordPress.com site from Tumblr. Um because a lot of people didn't like the idea of Yahoo owning Tumblr. At the moment, they don't seem as though they're making many changes. Uh, Tumblr themselves said that they're not going to make any changes. It's not suddenly going to be plastered with Yahoo bits and pieces. In other words, everything remains the same. Don't panic. We'll have to see how long that uh, that lasts for. A lot of people say that Yahoo have bought Tumblr for the young audience. Um, maybe... Maybe not. Maybe it's just a way of them uh, getting hold of something that they might be able to use later on. But uh, a lot of people did not take the news of Yahoo buying Tumblr well. For good reason as well. Flickr, you know, was bought in 2004. Yahoo didn't really do that much with the service. They did a couple of uh, improvements here and there, but they didn't really do very much with it um, until now. So, you know, nine years afterwards. But a lot of their other purchases, um, they've decided to neglect like a new pet. They've sort of been keen at the start and then towards the end they've not really bothered with it until that pet has died and uh, I think a lot of people are wondering whether Tumblr might go that way I don't think so especially if Yahoo decide to keep a decent bit of distance between them a lot of it seems as though it's about money Tumblr apparently was down to its last four months of capital and Yahoo coming along just may have bailed them out at the, the right moment so it's been quite busy on the online share your your work. The other sad bit of news that happened just recently was the Chicago Sun newspaper, um, which includes various other different local newspapers as well in that area, decided to get rid of their entire photography department. Um, 30 people altogether including photo editors. Um, some of the photographers had been at the paper years, decades. Some of them had won, uh, well, one of them had certainly won a Pulitzer Prize, um, taken absolutely fantastic work, and they've all gone. 
uh, to be replaced by freelancers, but also by reporters with iPhones. I've just been writing a, a bit of a blog post about the value of photography these days. It seems as though it's it's eroding. That sort of kind of links into the terabyte of um, storage that you get on Flickr. Um, a terabyte is a hell of a lot of space to fill with photography but there are already photographers online who are saying you know oh man I want to fill that space um yeah you can take a terabyte worth of um images I imagine that most of them won't be particularly that great for the vast majority of us a terabyte will probably do very nicely for a lifetime's archive of work so again a photography section goes like that with all the experience and the ability and skill that they um that they have to be replaced by someone with an iPhone it doesn't quite seem right really okay we will go on to the links i think now um and this first one is well quite honestly i think it's one of the best things that has been done by a british newspaper Regular listeners to this podcast will know that I quite like multimedia. But one of my criticisms has been that um, the British papers don't seem as though they're that interested in producing it. Um, Firestorm is a multimedia piece by The Guardian, uh, which newspaper, they've got a rather good uh, website, and they, they sort of have quite a good photography section. But this, they've really sort of gone into a different league with this. I'm, I'm really hoping that The Guardian do more of this type of work. Firestorm is about the Holmes family who were hiding from a violent bushfire in Tasmania. They were the people seen in those orangey red, um, quite scary apocalyptic pictures that were taken um i think it was towards the end of last year could be wrong now maybe it was earlier earlier this year but anyway i, I think i mentioned them on the uh, podcast before and really this um multimedia just covers the build, build up to the the storm and the and the the aftermath and the problems that were encountered and it includes a bit of video, bit of photography, bit of audio, and it's been put together absolutely beautifully. It really is um, the future when it comes to telling stories about people. Um, it's certainly not new. Uh, some people have been saying, you know, it's new. Probably the only way that you could describe it as new is I don't, I can't actually think of any other. British organisation that has done anything anywhere near this. Maybe the BBC might come close, possibly. But I can't actually remember seeing anything um, like this out there. So that is my recommended view for this podcast. That's Firestorm, and you can find the link in the usual place on the Darker Skies podcast page. Right, what do we got next? I'm sort of doing these a bit live this time. Um, ah, right. Now th this is a bit this is a bit different. Usually I'm going on about photojournalism, and I like the idea about doing. But uh, I like talking about all sorts of photography. Um, I'm not just a a documentary photographer. I am, after all, a commercial photographer as well. 
Um, this is Mike Campau, who uses digital manipulation and he's got uh, a latest series called Motion in Air, which blends sculptures and flowing gowns into portraits. And they're brilliant. They're absolutely fantastic images. They're quite graceful, quite almost have a, um, a ballet feel to them. Um, elements of dance in there, elements of colour. Um, superb images. So I'll definitely check out those if you are into portraiture and you like a bit of digital manipulations. It's a bit of a dirty word with uh, some photographers' digital manipulation, but I think it depends on what you're doing. Right, we go over to Syria now. Um, the war has been going for two years now, um, and it doesn't seem as though there's any sign of it ending, sadly. Um, Stanley Green for the newer... I think that's how you pronounce it. N O O R No or No Newer Newer? We'll say it's newer. Um There are a collective of photographers, um a rather a good one, I might add. Um but Stanley Green has produced some images um on the front line in Aleppo there, black and white. They're absolutely fantastic. They're great images. I notice that a lot of the images from Syria tend to be in colour and they tend to be very similar, you know, men firing Kalashnikovs in a street, etc., etc., you know, portraits of the fighters. Um, these have a quite distinctive look to them. They have um, quite a threatening air. They're quite dark, quite contrasty. Uh, I suppose you would... Um, I suppose you would say that they are classic photojournalism type material, really. Um, but, you know, they're absolutely um, superb images. Uh, I mean, Aleppo is, well, it's, I mean, it's a very old, um, very old town, city, even, in uh, Syria that has seen more than its fair share of warfare over the years, um, going back way back to the Crusades. But uh, these new images certainly do bring across the sheer destruction. There's an the first image is probably my favourite. It's um, an image of, of a fighter walking along what looks like to be some sort of like corridor or hallway or something like that. But it's absolutely you know ripped to bits. Um, it's you know there's rubble on the ground, all, all sorts of things, and he's carrying this his weapon as he as he walks through this completely like wasted corridor. It's almost a metaphor for the country itself. Come to think of it, um, which is maybe what the photographer thought as well. So that's Stanley Green with his images of Aleppo. Uh, with this Syrian conflict and like I said sadly it doesn't look as though it's going to come to an end very soon okay then this next one is this next link is also a conflict link but it's about Finland during World War Two there's 160,000 World War Two era photographs being put online um, courtesy of the Finnish Defence Force um, it's an absolutely fantastic archive, a real credit to them in the first place that they decided to photograph this conflict um, as thoroughly as they did, and they did um, cover it very thoroughly. Um, a lot of countries didn't, and I include the UK in in that. Photography was not seen as very important um, when you consider how 
it was a matter of national survival for the Finns, and yet they took the time to photograph it. It was a matter of uh, national survival for the British, um, and we didn't quite capture it the way that we we should have. Um, I think we underestimated, or the powers that be certainly underestimated, the power of photography, which is remarkable when you consider that there was picture post, um, there was uh, people like photographers like George Roger, Bert Hardy, who were at the pinnacle of their profession um, during the just before the war, um, when photojournalism was uh, well, it was an, an incredibly powerful movement. Um, but the British authorities saw it as. Um, well, they didn't like it. They decided that they would. Uh, they much preferred secrecy. The British still have this attitude of keeping things hush hush. Um, it's been improved with things like the Freedom of Information Act and things like that. But um, there is still far too much secrecy and far too much. Oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, it might get into the wrong hands. Type of attitude in in the UK. Um, the United States has got a far more open way of sharing information than Britain has by a long way. Hopefully that will change. But um, these images anyway by the Finnish uh, Defence Force um, photographers going back to the war. All sorts of images, action images, portraits. Um, fantastic collection. A final link to end on. And this one's a nice, simple, quick um photography project it's about a photographer who documents the year in a life of a tree using his iphone this is uh mark hirsch who's out in iowa decided to photograph an oak tree that he used to drive by on a regular basis and he decided to photograph it with his iphone sounds a bit mad but I can understand the logic. I mean, an iPhone is fairly simple, fairly rudimentary. Um, you can be tempted, if you're using another sort of camera system, oh, I'll change this lens or I'll use a different film or, you know, I'll mess around with it. With an iPhone, you know, you are limited to a certain extent, so you've got to work around those limits, and it can actually be beneficial when you're doing something like that plus also you know it's easy to carry isn't it um i suppose you could do it with a 5.4 camera there's no reason why you couldn't um iphones do have certain advantages especially when it comes to photojournalism i've mentioned this before on the podcast um especially how photographers like ben lowey thinks that it's um easier to work around people though you know you don't really have those sort of problems if you're photographing a tree because a tree won't mind you uh, photographing at least I don't think it will mind the images are fantastic, he's produced really really good um, gallery of images, worth checking out just beautiful for its simplicity and that's it for the links for this podcast if you are interested in any of the content that's been mentioned then you can find all of the links plus some bonus ones at darker-skies.com forward slash podcast I think there's an actually little advert at the end of this which says all of that anyway but it's worth worth saying anyway Um, the next podcast will be recorded at the end of July beginning of August so until then I will say um, thanks for listening I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I'll see you all next time (laughs) 
To check out any of the links mentioned in this podcast, go to darker-skies.com forward slash podcasts.